Today we are telling you the story surrounding the strange disappearance of 21-year-old Matthew Weaver. Matthew was born in Simi Valley, California, roughly about 40 miles northwest of Los Angeles. Matthew's stepmother, Brooke, and his father, Matthew Sr., remember Matthew as a goofy, clumsy, big-hearted guy who always had a smile on his face. They said that Matthew will always be remembered for being so kind and for his passion for animals. Growing up under the sunny skies of California, Matthew was close to his family. But even so, when he turned 21, he wanted a change in his life, and he made the steps to do just that. Matthew had been living with his stepmother, Brooke, in Simi Valley when he decided to make a move to Granada Hills. Matthew settled into his own apartment to embark on adulthood. Well, yeah, I mean, he's 21. Like, he wants to be out on his own. Yes, what a great feeling. I get it. Matthew was raised by his stepmother, Brooke, since he was a toddler. Granada Hills isn't far from his hometown of Simi Valley. It's literally like a 20-minute drive, but far enough for Matthew to feel like he was on his own. My mom, I feel like, always wanted us to be close enough to her, yet I chose to move my ass into the army and all the way to South Korea, so there's that. Yeah, Did you my stay mom, close to home? She always wanted me to stay close. No, I skipped out after I graduated and moved to Southern California. Okay, I'm out of here. I know. Oh, gosh. Well, Matthew wanted to travel and see the world. That's what he had his heart set on doing. And I mean, come on, who doesn't want to do that? But, you know, he's an adult, he has bills, and so he had to get a job. And that's exactly what Matthew did. With Matthew's new move and the new apartment, he also obtained a job working as a lineman for a telephone pole construction company that was owned by his father, Matthew Sr. His big move also came with a new circle of friends and a new lady friend. So Matthew had broken up with his long-term girlfriend in the early part of August 2018, which was very recently around the time of his move to his new apartment. And this is what his family said. So I guess you could say, you know, maybe he was getting back out there. Well, on August 9th, 2018, according to his stepmother, Brooke, Matthew had stopped by his father's house, which was actually Brooke's ex-husband. While visiting his pops, he tells his dad that he planned to spend the evening with his new lady friend that he had met. He didn't really divulge too much detail to his father about this evening plan he had. You know, his dad just tells him, have fun, be safe, all things that his parents tell our children. Mm -hmm. His dad later recounted that he kissed his son on the cheek. He gave him a big hug, and that was the last hug he had ever given his son, Matthew. The night of August 9th, 2018, would be the last time that Matthew Sr. would ever see his son again. So according to an interview that Matthew Sr. did with the local Malibu News about the night of August 9th and the last time he seen his son, he went on the record to say, and this is quote, so it's a little bit jumbled, you just kind of have to follow along. He said, Matthew had went to work to pick up his paycheck. Then he came to my fifth wheel and I had a gun out on the kitchen table. He asked to see it. I said, okay. I disarmed it, opened the chamber, and I left it open. He wanted to take a picture of it in his hand, but I never asked why. We talked for a little while longer. He said he had to go and that he was going to hang out with the girl he had showed me a picture of a few days before. I walked into his car, gave him a hug, and told him that I loved him and to be safe. Don't be driving fucked up, I told him. End quote. 
The name of Matthew's lady friend has been referenced during our research, but it also has been redacted from a lot of the articles for privacy purposes. So we're not going to refer to her by her name. Her new name is Lady Friend. Lady Friend. That's what <laughs> my cute. brother used to call his girlfriends growing up. That's my lady friend. <laughs> That's your girlfriend. So now on August 9th at 928, according to Matthew's cell phone Snapchat location, Matthew picks up his friend from her house in Chatsworth, California. And it's a suburban neighborhood in the city of Los Angeles, approximately a 12-minute drive west from Granada Hills where Matthew's apartment was. Matthew picks her up and the pair begin to hang out. They party together. Some articles said that they were doing drugs. Some said that they met up to really just have like a private chat. Nonetheless, they met up and hung out in the general area of Chatsworth before Matthew dropped her back off at her home in the early morning hours of now August 10th. And this was between 4.30 and 5 a.m. After leaving her home, Matthew, and this is according to cell phone data, at 5.45 a.m. drove down a road called Stunt Road. This is a very, very rural area in the Santa Monica mountain range. Stunt Road is a four-mile stretch, and it connects the Santa Monica Mountains between Mulholland Highway and the Saddle Peak Road. The drive from Chatsworth, where he dropped off his lady friend, and the mountain range is an hour drive southwest more towards the coast. We know this is a lot to grasp with this mountain range and the roads, so we're actually posting a picture of the mountain range area on our social media so you guys can, you know, get a feel for the area and where we're going with it. The Santa Monica mountain range is absolutely beautiful. It's all coastal along the Pacific Ocean. So between 5.45 a.m. and 6.24 a.m., Matthew was driving his car around Saddle Peak Road. His father can only assume that Matthew needed that drive like to clear his head and just taking that drive so he was doing something. Matthew posted a picture on his Snapchat of the sunrise and the mountains where it appeared that he was walking along a hiking trail. The time of this Snapchat is conflicting throughout all the sources. For the sake of a timeline and this story that we're telling, we will just say that the Snapchat was posted between 6.24 a.m. and 6.57 a.m. A few minutes later, at 7 a.m., the morning of August 10th, Matthew was seen on CCTV driving his silver BMW through a white gate leading to Rosa's Overlook, which is this spot that overlooks the city down below. So normally this gate is locked and only accessible to law enforcement and first responders. Okay, so why is the gate unlocked on this particular morning? That seems strange. I don't know, but I was thinking like, you know how there's like park rangers or people that work for the county or the city that, you know maintain these gates that lead to like utility roads or whatever like maybe they forgot to lock it i don't know do we know who the keeper is of the key who is the gatekeeper of the key we do not know Mm, but this is a good question i want to know at 7 13 a.m security cameras capture matthew's vehicle driving along the topanga tower motorway which is a dirt road that leads towards the rosa's overlook gps signal on matthew's cell phone tracks him on that Topanga Trail at 7.15 a.m. And by 7.28 a.m., Matthew's car reaches the end of the trail in the area of Rosa's Outlook. Which, looking at photos of that trail, that's a rough road for his little car to go up. My My car wouldn't make it. Never in a million years make it. No, you wouldn't. Well, I mean, it obviously made it. But anybody in their right mind would go up there with, like, a fucking four-wheel drive truck. Yeah. Totally. I was shocked that his car made it up there. Look at the photos, you guys, if you haven't already. 
So at 11.48 a.m., Matthew makes his last outgoing phone call to his lady friend, and that call went unanswered. He texted her a few messages then. That were weird. Really weird. Super alarming. So we're going to read it verbatim. The first one was, like some crazy is going on shit going on. Then at 11.53, I just want to talk while I have a chance. That's so scary. Right? So she responds at 12.54 p.m., an hour or so later, asking, are you okay? To which Matthew never responded. She then follows up with another text at 4.25 p.m., same day, asking, hey, you know, are you okay? Once again, nothing from Matthew. After Matthew's text to the lady friend on the mountain, all communication ceased. And what happened to Matthew after sending that last text is unknown. It's so scary that you could just go missing just like that vanish off the face of the off earth the of that's scary i'm never leaving my house again or do i want to leave my house <laughs> and hide out somewhere else oh my god i'm so, coming home with you <laughs> we're gonna sleep together tonight <laughs> so just after midnight now we're on to august 11th 2018 a group of hikers call 911 to report they heard screaming. They heard screaming, yelling for help on that mountain near Rosa's Overlook. They told the operator that they heard a man and a woman screaming and distinctly heard them screaming for help oh my and gosh. saying someone has a gun. These were the reports from the hikers, okay? This is a fact. First of all, I want to know who is hiking on Rosa's Overlook, especially in that area, at midnight. No idea. I want to know who the hikers were. I'm not doing it. So approximately at 1.30 a.m., the first responders arrive on the scene and they searched for these supposed distressed individuals that were reportedly heard screaming for help. The California Highway Patrol ends up stumbling on a cross none other than Matthew Weaver's BMW, and it was abandoned. So according to official reports, the location of his car was on that Topanga Tower motorway near Rose's Overlook. It's right there. And it's above the Backbone Trail and the Hondo Canyon areas. It's lots of areas. That's why we're going to give you guys a map. <laughs> According to True Crime Society blog, the car was found in a precarious position with one of the wheels hanging off the edge of the cliff. And it was the back wheel. Yeah. So they had to, the How front of the car made it over that little cliff. cliff. Well, it's not a little cliff area, but that cliff area. And the back wheel, it's on our social media. You guys it's look hanging at it. Off. It's just hanging off the cliff. With the trunk open. It's so strange. With all of that, there was no sign of Matthew. So the Lost Hills Malibu Search and Rescue, along with canines and cadaver dogs, they had air support and infrared technology. They began searching this area for any sign of Matthew. Matthew Weaver Sr. stated to local news that apparently the cadaver dogs, the canines, they had picked up Matthew's scent and they followed his scent before it eventually was lost and it was on the paved road, which was actually Stunt Road. So the one the, that he was driving on. Yeah, so the dogs lost his scent there. The search for Matthew Weaver atop of Rose's Overlook went on for months with nothing. No sign, no trace, literally like Raina said, as if he just vanished literally into thin air. That's crazy that he was driving on Stunt Road went onto the dirt road and then the dogs catch his scent. I wonder if this, his scent was like pushed by the wind. Yeah. Because now he's walking back in the same direction he just came from. Well, duh, he probably couldn't move his car. 
because yeah, it would have fallen no off the cliff. His car. That's weird. Couldn't even back it up. That thing was stuck. No, that thing's that not going anywhere. No, it's gonna go down for that bad boy. Yeah, and how crazy! The cops never found any evidence of anybody down there, like that would have been in distress, screaming. Nothing. That's weird. I wonder if the callers could have been involved. Mm, that's a good theory. Like if the callers were there when the cops arrived. And they made it up. You know what I mean? That's yeah. crazy. So in January 2019, another group of hikers that were visiting Rosa's Overlook, right where Matthew's car was found abandoned, came across a set of keys. They were Matthew's keys. And they were 25 feet from where his car had been recovered. 25 feet. Mm. If I ever go missing, Marie, please be involved in the search. I don't know how those keys were missed. Yes. They're in the general area of where something significant was found of Matthew's. Like, I come will on. lead up your search party. Thank you. I am very thorough. <laughs> <laughs> So later that month, Matthew's family teamed up with a land surveying company that provided the Weavers with almost 800 aerial drone shots of the area that Matthew went missing in in hopes of finding a trace or any sign of Matthew on that mountain. This is a huge area that we're talking about. So for everybody, it's like, where do we even start? The drone approach that that company was willing to help this super desperate family with was the most genius idea. So the Weaver family publicly released the high resolution shots, pleading with the public to download those photos, check them out and let them know if you've seen anything in there that could lead to finding Matthew. Well, the release of those photos and the family's plea paid off. Not long after, a random citizen called in saying that he noticed a red and blue dot in one of the photos that he believed highly resembled Matthew's red and blue Anaheim Angels baseball cap that he was last seen wearing. What are the odds? When I was reading that, I got the chills. I'm like, these photos are not the easiest to like make out. I mean, they're high resolution, but to be able to pinpoint a red hat on that freaking mountain is, is crazy. insane. Yeah. So the Weavers beeline it to that location of the drone photo and they retrieve that little red and blue dot and it was in fact Matthew's hat. So an extensive search of that same area, they were able to recover a white t-shirt with what appeared to be dry blood on it, which was said Matthew could have been wearing a white t-shirt on August 9th or 10th. Matthew Sr. said that when those items were recovered, he felt that Matthew just didn't go missing. He was hit with that super bad, sick feeling, and he knew that he was more than likely never going to find his son alive, which is heartbreaking. Matthew's father had said that Matthew suffered from abandonment issues and Mm -hmm. heartache. He was the one to make, you know, everyone around him laugh. But deep down inside, he did have a lot of pain. But still, with that, there was no indication that Matthew would harm himself. But if they knew he was that sad, you know what I mean? I don't know. And they just had referenced that, you know, he did have heartache. But he didn't say, you know, I plan on hurting myself. One of Matthew's friends came forward to inform the Weavers that in the days prior to his disappearance, Matthew had actually busted his head open and thought that it might have been a possibility that maybe he had some internal bleeding Mm. or maybe he was confused and he got lost on that mountain or possibly he's out living his life not knowing where he is or who he is. That's just another theory that 
you know, that they came up with. And another theory is that someone could be holding him against his will, especially if he doesn't remember who he is. The family has these theories, and with no body recovered in the search for Matthew, we can only speculate that any of those theories Mm -hmm. or any other theory by people invested in this case could be true. Yeah. But the question remains, what happened that early morning of August 10th? And another question that I have is who was screaming on that mountain, like Raina said. You know, did Matthew get into trouble? They didn't find anything. They didn't so find anybody in distress. In or- distress. Right. So obviously, whoever was on that hill screaming, if anybody mm-hmm. in fact was screaming, if they were alive to this day, they would have called the sheriff's station after seeing the news about Matthew. How many people are up on that mountain that night? Yeah. So if you were a good Samaritan, you would call the cops and be like, hey, you know, I was actually on that mountain joking around, screaming. Something, you know, they would have came something, forward yeah. and said something. So I feel like that part of the story is just unresolved. And I want to know who the caller was, like I said, too, because yeah. could they have been involved? And why would you make something up? Like, and it's the same night that Matthew goes missing. Like, that's so coincidental to I feel me. like it has to be connected. It has to be. Yeah. So that white shirt that was recovered on the mountain near Matthew's hat was handed over to the Lost Hills Police Department. The Weaver family was told that the item would not be tested for DNA because there was no evidence of a crime being committed in the case. But still, it's a big deal that we get the testing done to confirm if it is or is not Matthew's blood. How do we know a crime hasn't been committed if we don't test that blood? It could very well be his. I mean, that wouldn't mean a crime was committed. He could have obviously gotten hurt, but it would point to the direction of more than likely what happened that night. Yeah. And then, okay, now we know for sure this is Matthews. He was on that hillside. Something happened. I don't know what the big deal is about just testing it. I don't know. It's not rocket science. Pisses me off. Matthew's family is desperate for answers in Matthew's disappearance. I mean, if you guys watch any of their interviews, they are torn apart. It is so hard to see the pain Mm -hmm. on his father's face. Matthew was last seen wearing black dicky pants, an all-white or black t-shirt he may have changed, they're not sure. He was wearing his Angels baseball cap, red sneakers. Matthew was only 21 years old. He stands 5'10 and weighs 130 to 140 pounds. He has hazel eyes and brown hair. He also has a tattoo on the left side of his chest that reads Jeremiah, and it's in script writing. There is currently a $50,000 reward for information, any information, leading to Matthew's current whereabouts. Matthew Sr. is reaping the effects of his missing son, and it has taken a massive toll on him. So much so that he suffered a mental health breakdown in September of 2020. So at that time, he found himself involved in a shootout with the California Highway Patrol after they responded to his Southern California home regarding a stolen vehicle. Weaver Sr.'s brother told the Sacramento Bee that Sr. actually called the police himself and that there was no actual stolen vehicle, which is so sad. Yeah, can you imagine? Like, you're calling them just so they'll arrive, just so you can take their anger out because you're so angry about your son's death. That is some real deep pain. That is really, really sad. Matthew Sr.'s daughter, Colleen, also commented on his mental health, saying that it's been on the decline since Matthew's disappearance, which I'm sure it would just have a horrific effect on anybody who ever goes through anything like this. It's just like, thank God nobody was hurt in that shootout. So Matthew Sr. just has an issue with the lack of attention that his son's case has gotten. Malibu police said that Sr. appeared to be extremely frustrated 
with the California Highway Patrol, the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department, and the LAPD, who appeared to be less motivated to find his 21-year-old son. Even though the area that Matthew had been in was known in some pretty high-profile cases. So another name for the area that Matthew went missing in is Dark Canyon, as if you need one more thing to keep track of during this story. Sorry, guys. (laughs) So this area is also where two very high-profile cases took place, Maitrese Richardson and Eileen Park. Maitrese Richardson's partially mummified body was recovered at the edge of a creek inside of Dark Canyon almost a year after she went missing, and Eileen Park is still missing to this day. There's actually a really good podcast into the investigation of her disappearance, and it's season two of To Live and Die in L.A. You guys should totally check it out. The case of Matthew Weaver remains unsolved with no recent updates. His family continues their search for him and asks anyone with information regarding the disappearance of Matthew to just please contact the LAPD directly. We're going to leave the number for that. We're going to leave the tip line, the LAPD missing persons unit, Crime Stoppers. We're going to list all of that information for you guys. So if you know anything, please, please reach out. Also, we're going to list for you um, an official website for Matthew's case. On this site, you can actually download, which I did this week, and it took about an hour. So (laughs) just beware. It takes some time. But you can download all of those aerial drone photos from the mountain. It takes some time to download. I think it's worth it. I think I counted a total of 797. So yes, close to 800. It's pretty extreme. But you never know. You might see something on that mountain like that individual did who found the red hat that somebody else might not have seen. Right. So please take a look. Those photos were provided by Brad Baker of Christ Nelson and Associates in cooperation with Mountain Restoration Trust. And again, thank gosh for them for providing those pics to the Weaver that family. That was awesome. Hopefully someone reviews it, they might find a clue to this case. I'm going to continue to look at these pictures. Me too. We hope you guys do too. Yeah, totally. Because you never know. You don't even know what you're looking for. Like you just said, when our microphones are off, it's true. Exactly. And you can zoom in really, really close to the mountainside, which is I'm sure how that guy found the hat. And then obviously they found the shirt after. But you can zoom pretty far in. Yeah. So do Raina and I a favor, you guys, please go click on the link and just go look at him. You guys, that is the story of the unsolved case of Matthew Weaver. As always, thank you so much for downloading today's episode. If you see anything significant in those photos, it is so important for you guys to please call one of the phone numbers of the agencies listed in the show notes for today's episode. And if you guys enjoyed today's episode, which we know that you did, yes, please go over to wherever you're listening now or wherever you feel like going to and leave us a five star review. Anywhere's fine. Anywhere is fine. (laughs) Thank you guys. We love you. We hope you all have a safe weekend as always. And Raina and I will see you back here next week. Bye, Bye guys. guys.